Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. Joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. I think, folks, we will probably move on from the story we ended with before the break. Uh, Chris Woodward did post the story to our Facebook page. If you would like to read more about the Christian newscaster who is fired from her job in Nebraska, um, if there's any additional information that comes up in the next few days or weeks, uh, we expect her to uh, get a lawyer and fight this. But the fact of the matter is Christians everywhere throughout the country are going to have to fight for their religious liberty because there is a great deal of hostility against the Christian faith in an increasingly secular country. So um, uh, we will we'll report on as many of those kinds of issues as we can, and um, we will continue to follow this one here as well. Fred, you got something that you uh, wanted to bring up? Well, it's kind of related to what we were just talking about, is the rights of Christians to express points of view that <laughs> the mainstream media and liberal politicians disagree with. And I, I was reading a, an op-ed yesterday from, um, from the Washington, uh, pardon me, the Wall Street Journal. And the headline was, America Needs a New Civil Rights Act. And uh, it's, it says, it's time for a new Civil Rights Act that addresses the dangers of our time, not merely those of the 1960s. The threat, again, comes from discrimination, but now by the federal government, as well as states and private organizations. Most worrisome is federal and state encouragement for private entities to discriminate against Americans with dissenting views. Also significant is discrimination that bars Americans from participating in services ordinarily open to the public. And they give this example. I wasn't aware of this. An example of the latter is PayPal's recent announcement that it will confiscate $2,500 from customers who spread misinformation. I hadn't heard about this. The company later claimed the announcement was incorrect information, dare one say misinformation. But it turns out that PayPal still threatens to take $2,500 from customers promoting intolerance that is discriminatory. So basically, I can't read the whole thing right now. But basically what he is saying is, and what we've talked about and given many examples on this program and others, is that people are being punished today for their point of view. We saw that over and over again when points of view were expressed during the pandemic about here's the treatment over here. We've talked about being taken off of YouTube uh, for alleged misinformation it's no, it's not misinformation. It's what's being classed as misinformation today uh, by the left is uh, you have a point of view that's different from mine. Right. So uh, we're going to take you off the air. Uh, we're going to uh, punish you. Uh, and we're seeing this over not only on social media, but uh, in schools, in places of businesses. You know, we had the uh, this is going back two or three years now. We had the fire chief in Atlanta. Remember, um, he was lost his job as the fire. Yeah, Kelvin Cochran. Kelvin Cochran. What what did he lose his job for? Because he had a private, I think, Bible study. Well, he had written a book that he used in his in his Bible studies, and some of the guys that worked for him wanted a copy. Yes, and so, so he gave one. And so he had uh, biblical views on marriage. Yeah, 
And so and that, human sexuality and human sexuality that went against uh, the the anti-discrimination views policies of the city or whatever the case may be. So he, by the way, he won a huge court case. Yes, he that. did. So I, I, that's why I said there's a new civil rights act that's needed. I, I kind of uh, uh, that's what caught my attention here. I think we need that today. You know, um, what's his name now that's taking over Twitter? Oh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. The mainstream media doesn't want him taking over Twitter. Why? Because he wants to open up uh, subjects to both points of view. Right. And the mainstream media doesn't like that anymore. They want to punish people who have a viewpoint that is conservative. Part of this, uh, this again was the Wall Street Journal uh, article. Um, I'd I'd like for us, if we can, to post it. It may be behind a paywall, uh, so we'll have to find out. But one of the things that caught my eye about this article that you sent around, Fred, was that increasingly those on the left, and especially the Democratic Party and the Biden administration, are using private uh, private businesses, uh, especially social media companies, to do their bidding. So Mm -hmm. the argument is, and we've heard this argument, when social media began to uh, clearly squelch conservative viewpoints, and not just on COVID, this was this was going on during the uh, Trump administration. The favorite retort on the part of the left was, "If you don't like what Twitter's doing, start your own." Yeah. If you don't like what Facebook is doing, start your own. Well, now we are starting to find out that these private companies. I'm not talking about whether they're publicly traded or not. I'm just talking about as opposed to government entities were actually doing the bidding mm-hmm. of the federal government. And now the constitutional argument is, and that is what part of what this Wall Street Journal article is talking about, is that still is an infringement on the First Amendment. Just because the government is using non-state actors to carry out its bidding, if you are if you are using these non-state actors to take away First Amendment rights, it's still a violation of the Constitution. We found out, for example, that on the Hunter Biden laptop story, mm-hmm. remember the federal government goes to Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and says, hey, Russian disinformation's coming. Yes. You know, you might not want to cover it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a clear example of deep state actors. Mm-hmm using these non-state actors to suppress free speech. And it's very dangerous. And Christians, of course, are one of the one of the major groups that are suffering the brunt of it. Yep, exactly. So uh, to that point, I don't think we'll see a new Civil Rights Act uh, unless there's a major change in government and they're willing to bring that in. Uh, the courts may be the ones that institute these kinds of protections yes. uh, a- a- against this kind of suppression of uh, free speech. You know that what, what uh, Chris, you may know, um, I saw some video here of a, I think it was a doctor, maybe it was a Dr. Phil ep- uh, show with the uh, boomers versus Gen Z I, I don't know, in the audience. They were talking about cancel culture. Yeah. And the majority of these young people were saying, listen, if you say something offensive, I'm in favor of you being punished mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and of course, what they're thinking is I found the v- the views I don't like. Yes, if you were to turn this around, I did not did not watch the show. I just saw clips of it. 
But I'd be very interested to hear, there was one young lady in particular who was in favor of this kind of suppression of free speech. I was, I'd be very interested to know, well, well what if the, what if the worm turns uh-huh. and what if it's your views? Yeah. Well, but, I have, I have an idea as to why Zoomers, as they're called, Gen Zers, are more liberal than my generation, millennials. I have an, I have a theory. Okay. okay. Um, Tell us what it is, old man. Well, <laughs> uh, in the years just before I was born, in the dawn of the millennial age, uh, is when the government created the Department of Education. Okay. So my generation, millennials, the oldest ones, That's there's a reason I have gray hair. I'm one of the <laughs> oldest millennials. Look it up. Um, but uh, we were the first ones to really grow up in an era of a Department of Education, whereas the Zoomers literally, they, had, they, they get to get, they're indoctrinated with all the stuff that people worked for years to try to really get going in schools. Right. Like our parents were, cin- you know, centrists uh, on a number of issues, not, not mine specifically, but just millennials. Um, and whereas kids today are the children of um, boomers, uh, Gen Xers, millennials, all these people, right? And so there's a lot of philosophical stuff that goes into it. Television shows are brainwashing kids. Schools are doing it. And that's why these kids... Uh, don't seem to have a problem with it because they've got some lefty teacher who was told something in a lefty college that this is bad and the government's got to crack down on it. And that's why these kids are spouting off all this gobbledygook. So, so they have been drinking the Kool-Aid all their lives in public schools. Yes, I yes. think so. Okay. Well, that, that and all sense. of a sudden, uh, an opinion becomes a threat to society. Yeah. I'm wondering if this news director in Nebraska expressed a pro-life point of view in the newsroom. What would happen? Uh, you mean just just around the water cooler? Around the water cooler. Yeah. I go to a church uh, that believes that uh, life begins at conception. Yeah. And she starts talking about that at work. Today, I think the climate in some newsrooms, I obviously can't speak for all newsrooms, but I think the climate in some newsrooms today is, hey, uh, you're going to have to go down to Human Resources yeah. and have a chat. Yeah. Uh, because you just offended. Mm-hmm. Jane sitting over there at that desk, who's also right. a reporter in this newsroom. And you know what? She had an abortion a few years ago. And what you said really offended her. Right. And so uh, you're going to have to have some counseling pro-lifer. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the climate. I, having worked in secular for 25 years prior to coming here, that was the climate. I, You know, if, if I criticized people living together outside of wedlock right. in that newsroom, I was given death stares. Yeah. Because, and this is going back to the 80s, you know, because living out of wedlock was becoming more acceptable right. in that time. So the climate now is if you express pro life points, if you expressed Republican points of view right. in a newsroom today, like MSNBC, I'm not sure you'd get a job there. Well, let's ever. look at the blowback that came from parents just showing up at, uh, uh, school board meetings yes, and complaining about what's being taught in school, they literally being treated like domestic terrorists. Yes, thanks and, to the Attorney General of the United States. And remember that uh, that association of was school board? Was that association that sent the letter to the National DOJ? School Boards Association. School Boards Association. So th- this, th- listen, it is, it is all-out war, mm-hmm. ideological war yeah. in this country. Mm-hmm. And the left has had its way, to your point, Chris, the left has had its way for so long. They are really bent out of shape that uh, that 
people who don't believe as they do are fighting back. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we can't waver in our commitment to the truth and to the liberties that we have, or we will lose it. You know, when Joe Biden became president, one of the first things was announced, uh, you know, in our military, they were going to look at uh, what social media yes. so- soldiers were looking at. You know, uh, and you're a member of the uh, the NRA. Yeah. You know, uh, well, we got some problems with that. Right. You know, so they were they were looking at your associations, your interests. Yes. And if it doesn't go along with the Democratic Party, then we're gonna we're just gonna perceive you and call you a threat. And and listen, I don't believe for a second that that isn't what was going on in the military and elsewhere, of course, but in the military. And I believe that those kinds of people have been behind the scenes purged. Yes. Okay. And purged out of the military until it is increasingly becoming a, another woke institution. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. All right, let's move on. What other good news you got for us, Well, Chris? I mean, we could very much have uh, done this one in the first 30 minutes uh, as it's a big topic today and will be a big topic uh, not only in Georgia but around the United States. Uh, Stacey Abrams is once again challenging Brian Kemp for the governorship in the great state of Georgia. And the two candidates, Abrams and Kemp, had a debate last night. I've got a few excerpts here. We'll begin with this one, clip eight. He has weakened gun laws and flooded our streets, denied women the access to reproductive care. The most dangerous thing facing Georgia is four more years of Brian Kemp. My record's being attacked because Ms. Abrams doesn't want to talk about her own record. My focus is going to be what it was when I opened the debate, and that is helping you fight through 40-year high inflation and disastrous policies in Washington, D.C. I would remind you that Stacey Abrams campaigned to be Joe Biden's running mate. She supports these policies. Wow. <laughs> no love lost between those two. They, they're, they're frenemies in the same sense that Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci are frenemies. Uh, I, I, I've got to tell you, that label does not apply to either of those two couples. <laughs> frenemies. Frenemies. Frenemies implies some degree of respect. I, I, I don't think that Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci have any respect for one another Include and Kemp and Abrams too. No. Well, I was trying to keep it family radio. I know, I know. Listen, I, I, I just think this is your King Kong versus Godzilla kind of hatred. Well, you know, to your point, uh, if you go back and watch some of the debate, um, and if you don't want to, that's fine. That's my job. I'll tell you what happened here. Um, but what's interesting, my takeaway from watching many of the clips last night, you can find these on Twitter, YouTube, what have you, is that neither one of them really looked at one another very much. When it came time where she was answering something he said, she just stared at the camera and never once looked at him. Yeah. Uh, that's a political well, strategy. Well, she doesn't. She still doesn't uh, agree that she lost, right? It's funny you mention that because this was the really interesting part, in my opinion, for last night's debate. The moderator asked her, hey, uh, you didn't concede the 2018 election. Are you going to do it now? And hear her. Um, you'll hear that plus her response. Clip nine. And Ms. Abrams, in 2018, you didn't concede defeat to Governor Kemp. And you talked to systemic problems with the state's election system. This election, do you commit to accept the outcome of the vote, regardless of what it shows? And do you stand by your use of words like rigged four years ago to describe the state's election system? In 2018, I began my speech on November 16th, acknowledging that Governor Kemp had won the election. She did? Yeah, well, that's what she says. I went back and looked on the Internet where you can't put anything <laughs> yes. that isn't true. Right. Okay. 
in, uh, in on purpose, I went to CNN. On November 7th, 2018, CNN said Stacey Abrams refuses to concede. On uh, November 17th of 2018, Stacey Abrams says democracy failed Georgia. Again, a CNN headline. In December of 21, CNN said Stacey Abrams defends lack of concession after 2018. So either CNN is lying or she is. There's a lot of that going on. <laughs> one, one, either one side or the other is not telling the truth. Well, look, I don't. Uh, she's she's angry about losing. I understand. In 2018, she came very close to winning, and it must be very disappointing to have lost. I don't want to call her a liar. Uh, you know, let our listeners, you know, make their own decision. Uh, I did not ever remember her conceding, though. Um, so no. Maybe I, maybe she's maybe she just misspoke air quotes. Well, or, this just points to the hypocrisy of the left. Uh, they've been at Donald Trump, right? Who says he didn't he lost he didn't lose twenty twenty he didn't lose twenty twenty. Hillary Clinton in twenty sixteen said she didn't lose, right? You know, and that that you know, oh, the whole Trump, left said he was an illegitimate president for years, yeah, and that was the term they yeah. used, illegitimate. Stacey Abrams, you know. Hasn't conceded. So the left, when it's convenient for them to do the use that language, not conceding, et cetera, et cetera, not accepting the results, it's okay. And the media goes along with it. When Donald Trump says, I don't accept the results, it's chaos. Yeah. You know, and that uh, it's a threat to democracy. All of those terms being used. So it, it's just hypocrisy with a capital E. It was an excellent point uh, that he made, uh, uh, Kemp in pointing out the fact that Stacey Abrams did campaign to become oh, sure. the vice president, vice presidential uh, running mate mm -hmm. for yeah. Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so, and she has not been critical of his policies. So uh, that was, that was a savage moment. Yeah. And he continued to campaign against her today. Uh, he was on Fox and friends. We can do this clip. He, he took another shot at uh, president Joe Biden's policies and also went after Stacey Abrams clip 10. It's because his policies are very unpopular. It's caused 40-year high inflation, a disaster of the gas pump, a disaster of the border. And these are the policies that Stacey Abrams supports. I mean, she wanted to be his vice presidential candidate, and these are the policies that she would bring to Georgia. And we're fighting against that. Now, we're supposed to find out 21 days from now who wins this race. It could be something that continues into the dead of night. We shall see. But once again, Election Day, 21 days from today. Buckle up. Yeah, I think yes. they've called in Barack Obama to campaign with her. He's, is, that, is that right? He's well, in, because they need the black community. Yeah. And, 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 and I, not only that race, but also the uh, Warnock v. Herschel Walker. And I don't Senate understand race. why they've called in Barack Obama and not Joe Biden. I, I just... <laughs> you, what, yeah, what? <laughs> you don't understand. All right. Well, Can you imagine after the Joe show's Biden? over, I'll explain. <laughs> I think you do understand. You're just being polite here. <laughs> You come out there and call him the wrong name, you know. Uh, Rock, you're doing a great job. Well, Joe Biden goes to California last week, and, and nobody wants. Yeah, <laughs> there's no oh, threat there. I didn't even mention. I did not even mention this. Uh, that the Twitterverse uh, exploded when uh, Biden out in California talking about their high gas prices mentioned California's always had seven dollars a gas. <laughs> do we prices. have? Do we have a clip? I don't have that audio. It's the one thing I didn't cut. But you can okay. look it up, folks. Try yeah, it. no, he did. And and we found out, uh, uh, 
in pretty quick order. I think there was a uh, a Republican congressman from out in California who said no uh, before Joe Biden. It was half as much. Yes. So it is basically close to doubled since uh, President Biden was inaugurated. By the way, folks, I do want to make mention of the fact that on uh, election night, we will have live coverage here on American Family Radio. I think we'll probably start that at 6. We start that at 6 uh, p.m. Central Time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm asking uh, our uh, our producer, Brent Creeley, he gave the nod. So we will have, uh, I don't know, several hours worth of coverage of the key races and what it's going to shake down uh, to be on election night. So that's three weeks from tonight we'll be on the air. That'll be an exciting program because there's so many close races. You've got the uh, the Senate race in Pennsylvania, mm. yes. Fetterman and That's Oz. really close. That, that is getting a lot of attention. And several Senate races that are, are now kind of toss-ups where they weren't a yes, few months ago. very much so. And, uh, and then you have... You have the possible turnover we mentioned about the three uh, Democrat-held districts in southern Texas yeah. that could go Republican. Also, there's a real fight underway in Oregon. Yeah, uh, Republican, the, the Republican there could become the next governor of Oregon. So there are some incredible which hadn't races. happened in forever. Oh yeah, it's I think it's been decades. Uh, yeah, and, and now that that is a um, uh, because of a third party candidate an independent mm. candidate but in my opinion that's part of the problem for the democrats yes is that they will increasingly have breakaway candidates mm -hmm. if the democratic party wants to try to go back towards the middle yeah. they'll increasingly be undercut by mm -hmm. third party candidates running uh because the democrats aren't radical enough yeah all right would well, you got anything else for the last uh, couple of minutes yeah uh, chris um, you want to sing and dance or do imitations? <laughs> well, uh, I will say this. Um, we should expect to see and hear more about gas prices in the coming days. I know some people are maybe tired of hearing me talk about this, but I bring it up because uh, Joe Biden, it looks like President Biden is going to once again announce another uh, decision to tap into our strategic petroleum reserve uh, to try to put more of our oil onto the market and bring down gas prices ahead of the election uh, day because a lot of people are angry about gas prices and they plan to take it out on their candidates uh, when they go to vote. There are people out there and ideas and theories are all over the place, um, including this one. We don't have to play the audio. But uh, today, earlier today, Fox Business personality Stuart Varney talked about how this has got to be a national security crisis. Um, the do, we have, do we have that? Uh, we can play it, yeah, if you want. Do we have time to, to play it? Okay, we do not. Okay. Uh, but he said it was a national security uh, crisis. Now, the Energy Department does say it's going to announce plans on how they plan to restock the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But it would be very interesting to watch because you've got an administration very anti-fossil fuel. So are they really interested in putting the fossil fuels back into the Strategic well, besides, Petroleum Reserve? Well, besides, if we're not pumping out of the ground more than enough... Where's the government going to get it? They're going to buy it from oil companies, which means that is oil that is not going to go to the public, to the private sector. Correct. Yes. And that is going to shrink the supply for the consumer even more and jack the prices up even more. Mm -hmm. So President Biden did that. <laughs> so uh, anyway, 
Uh, we, we're going to talk about gas price. I don't care what Chris says. We're going to talk about gas prices. Oh, I'm more. totally fine. So some more tomorrow That's because right. it's it's a pain. We all know it. We're all feeling it at the pump. Chris, no, you do a great job. All right, folks, that is all the time we have for this edition of Today's Issues. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow for this program. More great program directly ahead on American Family Radio. We'll see you tomorrow.